to the Animation Addicts Podcast with the Rotoscopers, episode 44, conference call with Richard Sherman and Alan Menken. This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Audible is the internet's leading provider of audiobooks. One of my favorite books to read is the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. I've mentioned this quite a few times. Mace has made fun of me uh, quite a few times for mentioning it. But really, this is one of my absolute favorite books. Did you just move into a new school? Are you wanting to make new friends? Are you looking for a new job? Wanting to become more personable? Do people just not like you? All joking aside, the first time I read it, I was in the seventh grade. And I have since reread it multiple times. And every time I read it, the principles and the real life examples in it always leave an impression and help me know how to understand people and solve problems without ruining relationships. Not only is it a standard among personal development books, it is seriously one of my favorite books. For your free download of this audiobook, go to therotoscopers.com slash audible for your free audiobook. Welcome to the Animation Addicts Podcast with the Rotoscopers. Disney, DreamWorks, Pixar, Don Bluth, and everything in between. Today is a very special episode brought to us by D23 Expo. Hey guys, this is Chelsea. Uh, it's just me today, and I'm, I am bringing you a very special interview that I was able to take part of this last week. Every other year, the official fan club of Disney, D23, puts on a huge expo. And this thing, I mean, when I say huge, I mean huge. There's going to be a couple thousand people there. Everything that's coming up in the Disney realm, they've got it covered there. This year, they've got a lot of different events and presentations coming up, and it looks pretty amazing. Morgan is actually there right now, and so she's going to be posting a few things on the website, as well as possibly the YouTube channel. By the way, we just hit over 1,000 subscribers on YouTube. Woohoo! Some of the events that are going to be posted during that weekend are the cast of the Marvel Universe. We've also got, they're going to be showing a bunch of stuff about Inside the Ice, the art of Disney's Frozen. So we're excited to get a few more, a few new things with that in there. Then they also have the Disney Legends Award Ceremony, hosted by Disney CEO Bob Iger. This year stars like Billy Crystal and John Goodman, as well as visionary Steve Jobs and television icon Dick Clark. And a few others, Tony Baxter, Colin Campbell, the wonderful Glenn Keane, and Ed Wynn will all be named and honored as official Disney legends. So we're excited for that as well. The art of Pixar's The Good Dinosaur is going to be showing up, so we'll have a few cool things showing up there. But the thing that I'm most excited about has to be the review of the Disney songbook with the one and only Richard Sherman and Alan Menken. Wow, this is really going to be amazing. These guys basically have written probably half of the songs in the Disney songbook. Pretty amazing, guys. Morgan is actually going to be on location there, and so she'll be posting a few things on the website as well as possibly the YouTube channel. So make sure to keep your eyes out there. But for everybody else like me that's not able to go to this, getting ready for the D23 Expo, Disney was able to put together this conference call. Sadly, I wasn't able to ask a question, but it was so amazing to be a part of, and I wanted to be able to share it with you guys too because it was so cool. So without further ado, let's just head on into this conference call. Enter elevator music! I love D23 because it's a chance for us at the Disney Company to give back 
to to the fans that give us so much. And the D23 Expo is not about marketing. No, 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 no. It's about showing them things that they wouldn't see anywhere else. Only here for our dedicated, loyal fans that mean so much to us. So I love D23. The people who are here today are the people who are they're the home team. They're the people who believe in it as much as we do. And it's always a party. I mean, it's always just a wonderful time with people of a like mind coming together and just having a good time. And this is the ultimate example of that. It's like Comic-Con with better security. There you go. Hello. Hi, everyone. Um, thank you so much for joining us. This is uh, Jeffrey Epstein from D23. We want to thank you all very much for joining us for this call. Uh, we're looking forward to seeing many of you this weekend at the D23 Expo down in Anaheim. And we are especially excited for the spectacular concert on Saturday night, Richard M. Sherman and Alan Menken, the Disney Songbook. And we are fortunate enough to have Alan and Richard joining us today. We're going to start with about 15 minutes of questions with Alan. Richard will join us, uh, and then we'll wrap up with questions for Alan, uh, uh, for Richard. So, um, moderator, if we can get the first question, please. Your first question comes from the line of Michelle Alexandra. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, I was waiting for instructions. Hello. Uh, thank, thank you for uh, taking the time. And my question is, just uh, can you talk a little bit about the Disney song book and what your favorite songs are and what you're looking most forward to playing for fans on Saturday? Oh, my God. <clears throat> I know it's boy, but... Okay, so you, I presume you mean the songs that aren't mine, or do you want me to include my songs in there? Well... Let's be fair. Include songs that aren't yours. Yeah, good, because that would, that would be an impossible question for me. Uh, you know, it, it, obviously, all you know, my songs are my children. And, um, you know, the, the great thing about Disney songs is that they all live in a context, and um, so you know, the, the movies I grew up with are the ones that I think most stick with me. So I loved, you know, Pinocchio. So you know, songs like I Got No Strings, um, uh, Your Mother and Mine from Dumbo. Um, I mean, you know, it's it's hard to differentiate them because um, it's it's all part of, they were all so indelibly a part of the films um, that they were a part of. Uh, uh, Feed the Birds, Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, um, uh, the song... Um, you, ooh, ooh, I want to be with you. The song from Jungle Book. Love it. Um, but, you know, it's, and of course, the classics like uh, um, When You Wish Upon a Star. Uh, um, and um, regarding what I'm looking forward to sharing, you know, I'm looking forward to sharing the songs that people are familiar with and uh, they have so much investment in and also introducing them to some songs they've never heard before, but they, you know, they'll be, I think they'll be really interested in the context of where those songs came from. So now take a song from Pocahontas uh, called In the Middle of the River. Um, you know, just to, so, uh, a, a Human Again, which I think people have heard, but haven't heard me perform it. I've never actually performed it, I don't think, in public. So um, it's a whole whole variety of things. And then my... And then my uh, Second question would be, 
what is it about the Disney song book that touches people? Is it is it the fact that it's tied so closely to the movies, or is can you just tell us from your perspective what is it about Disney music? Yeah, I mean, I took for me. Um, I think it's, it is the, the fact that they are tied so specifically to movies where, you know, they're not just songs that are slotted in randomly. Um, the, the, the Disney songbook, you know, each song really, I think, encapsulates the experience of a different movie and a different era and a different character and a different um, time in, in the listener's life. Um, so I think there's something really special about it. These songs, um, also there's a, there's a, 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 there's no cynicism in the Disney songbook. It really is a very heartfelt, genuine um, storytelling that's in these songs. And I think people love that about them. Okay, thank you. Oh, thank you. Your next question comes from the line of Ricky Brigitte. There. Uh, really looking forward to your uh, performance uh, coming up this weekend. Of course, you performed at uh, Destination D for Disney fans uh, last year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the audience certainly loved hearing you, uh, you play selections from you know all those timeless classics. From your perspective, what's it like to perform before all these big fans who eat, sleep, and breathe Disney? What do you get out of it personally? It's fun. It really is fun. Um, it's uh, it's it's you know it's. It's a really powerful shared experience. It's um, I'd be lying if I didn't say it's also not a kind of a pleasant ego trip, um, because you know everything I'm doing up there, they're, they're they're reacting so exuberantly to. It's just you know it's kind of great. You know it's it's just great fun, really. Do you, do you sort of like being known as uh, you know, largely as the Disney songwriting guy? I mean, you've obviously had a lot of other work, but your Disney works are are timeless. You know, they're classic. Um, yeah, I love it. I do. I mean, I the the experience I have, you know, in general when I perform is like the D twenty three, but but not to that extent. It's you know, it's interesting. Um. I do a lot of performing often for young audiences, and they just go, you know, they kind of go crazy. It's wonderful. It's kind of, um, but with an adult audience, you know, um, there's a lack of cynicism again about the the um, the D23 audience. They're just they're there to love it and have have a great time. Nobody's sitting with their arms folded saying, "Show me." Um, and so it's you know, there's, it's 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 um, there is something very special about that association and the Disney fans in particular. Very true. Uh, looking forward to it again. Thank you. Thank you. Your next question comes from the line of Steffi Holland. Hi, thank you for talking to us this morning. My pleasure. Um, so I'm wondering, when you are writing a, a Disney song, do you feel... And do you feel like you need to approach it differently than if you're writing for another movie or another uh, show, or is it is it sort of the same process? Well, yeah, it's it's, more, it's look the process for me is is very much you know the process of writing a musical, um, and and Disney has been the studio that has been especially in our in our lifetime the most supportive of of writing songs in that way. Um, the 
where the uh, the different difference comes in, in in it being Disney is um, is a sense of responsibility. I think to, you know in terms of the message of the song and the uh, um, the, the approach to storytelling. You know that um, this is a, an audience that will embrace what you do and will take it to heart entirely and. So you really kind of have to cherish the audience very much as you write these songs and and uh, and care about them um, because the, the Disney tradition is um, uh, it's number one it's a great American classic tradition and it's also um, something where you 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 don't want to go over certain lines you don't want to you want to poke fun but you don't want to poke fun in a way that's hurtful and you, the company is very sensitive to that. Um, and once you've been associated with the company for a long time, you become very sensitive to that. But you definitely want to skate as close to that line as possible because that's where all the fun is. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Your next question comes from the line of Vanessa Diaz. Hi, Alan. This is Vanessa Diaz. Hi, Vanessa. I'm such a huge, huge, huge fan. Oh, like, I cried you. that you didn't win the Oscar for Enchanted. <laughs> uh, what did you say? What, what was that last one? What? I said I almost cried that you didn't win the Oscar for Enchanted. Oh, oh well, you and me both. Sorry. <laughs> 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 My question is, I've always, always been curious, how do you come up with the songs? Do you listen to the story and read the script and then automatically like a melody comes to you? I've always been well, curious about the writing process. We, yeah, in the writing process, we're, the story doesn't get written without us. So we're basically in among the writers in, in saying how are we going to tell the story so that it will be driven by songs. So we're very involved in, you know, in what are the rules of our storytelling. And, and you know you you want to make sure that an audience is very clear about what function are the songs going to have in this particular project. Sometimes they're very they're very sincere and very heartfelt, as in like a Pocahontas, let's say. Sometimes mm-hmm. they're very tongue in cheek, mm-hmm. as in mm-hmm. something like Enchanted or um, uh, Aladdin. You know, and so you know the, my approach to the storytelling is. And to the songwriting is is very very influenced by the storytelling and making sure that the attitude is clear and the style is clear and the genre is clear and that people always have a moment where they go oh I get it I get it you're doing a French like a Maurice Chevalier number but it's for a candlestick mm-hmm. um, so that's and then once you make those decisions then the, then the music flows quite easily from that. Fantastic. And do you have any say as to uh, the voices that get to sing the song? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We, we have a, a casting process just as you would, you know, for a Broadway show. Fantastic. Thanks so much you, for speaking with us. You're welcome. We have time for a couple more questions. Um, if we can keep them brief and, and to the point, that would be awesome. Definitely want to get as many questions in as possible. Your next question comes from the line of Stacey Wilson. Hi. Hi. We're all really excited to hear about Frozen, and we know you can't talk about it, 
but I just wanted to know if maybe you could tell us how you felt compelled to write about the songs when it's kind of a new adaptation of The Ice Queen. Oh, the Snow Queen. Well, that's not, you know, that's sorry, not my... Sorry, my little girl was knocking on the door. <laughs> that's okay. That's not my, that's not going to be my score. Oh, I'm so sorry. I that's can't... okay. <laughs> that's okay. Years ago, I was working on a version of Snow Queen uh, for Disney, but but right now, they're, um, that's, that is actually being written by a very wonderful composer named Bobby Lopez and his wife, Kristen. Uh, so that, that's Please not, forgive my blunder. I'm just a big okay. fan, and I'm new to everything, and just Don't so happy to be talking to you. Thank you for everything you, you do. Oh, you're welcome. Don't Thanks. Thank you. Your next question comes from the line of Charlie Shelton. Hi, uh, I'm a, a Alan Menken fan. Hi. Grown up in a world uh, where Alan Menken is a household name. I was born in the same year Little Mermaid came out. Oh. So I've kind of always... Uh, always known you and always been a big fan, but for you to be performing on stage with Richard Sherman, another household name in music, uh, is there any, you know, fanboy uh, nervousness <laughs> when you're going to be up there performing with him? <laughs> um, I don't, no, not really, but, you know, Dick is such a nice man. Um, he's, he's, he's been an extraordinarily supportive presence in my life ever since I first came over to Disney. Um, and you know, and it's he's, it's it's a relationship that he could have felt a little insecure or competitive, but he didn't. He just was welcoming and generous and warm. And so, um, I consider you know Richard Sherman to be a dear friend, and I just you know I'm really looking forward to the two of us entertaining all you know all the people. And then at the end, I think we're going to sit down together and get interviewed together and. I have no idea what that'll be like, but I presume we're going to have a lot of fun. All right. Thank you very much. You're welcome. We have time for one more question, then we're going to add Richard in. Your next question comes from the line of Brett Neckman. Hi there. My question is, which of your more obscure Disney songs are you proudest of and why? Ah, good question. Um, I'm very proud of Will the Sun Ever Shine Again. Um, that was a song that was written very close to the 9-11 event, um, you know, with the, the Twin Towers. And we were all, especially in New York, in a real state of trauma. And that was a song that very much captured our emotion and the, and the emotions of everyone at the studio when we wrote it. We all kind of associated it with that. Unfortunately, it was, you know, in a film that didn't do all that well. Um, let me see what else. Of the obscure, uh, she's talking about things that maybe didn't make it into the movies. Um, not just that, but also just songs that are maybe not as familiar. Or I love, you know, I loved the Gospel Truth, the song that opened up Hercules. Uh huh. I I thought that was song was a was a lot of fun, and I, I really enjoyed producing that and, and writing that. Um, hmm. And let me think if I, I get one other that I can think of. If I Never Knew You from Pocahontas. Um, we lost it first time around. We got it back um, when it was released. And mm -hmm. uh, I think it's a very emotional song, one that um, I'm very proud of. I guess those those would be three examples of, of I guess, somewhat obscure songs. That Terrific. Well, well, let's... Uh, oh, sorry, Alan. Yes. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. So let's uh, welcome 
Disney fellow Disney legend Richard Sherman to the call, and Alan and Richard can answer some questions about the concert together. Uh, and again, uh, when referencing the event in the press, please uh, make sure it's the D23 Expo. Sorry. Can- D23 Expo. Richard, are you there? Hello, everybody. <laughs> Hi, Richard. <laughs> Hi. How are you? Who am I talking to? Alan. Hi, Alan. How are you? I'm great. Look forward to seeing. I, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun, I know. Yeah. All right. So now we're great. Yeah, we're we good. have 20 yeah. minutes of questions with you guys together. Moderator, let's uh, begin. Your first question comes from the line of Jordan Public. Hi there, Alan, uh, Richard. It's so great to be able to talk to you guys this morning. Thank you for taking the time. Our pleasure. Uh, yeah, I mean, just we're just going straight to it, to the D23 Expo concert. Um, uh, so far as the song set list goes, uh, was it difficult trying to go ahead and uh, pinpoint or se- uh, select certain songs uh, that you wanted to highlight specifically? And uh, what are you guys going to be doing on stage? Are you going to be playing piano or, or something like that? You want to take it first, Alan, or do you want sure, me to? Sure. Um, you know, it's it's always it's always a challenge picking out just the right material for the, for an audience. And um, we did have some requests from our hosts, or at least I did. Um, and the way they structured it made it somewhat easy uh, to to decide on songs. And maybe the biggest challenge is which of the unknown songs or cut songs you know do I do I want to put in, and how do I want to contextualize them so it becomes interesting for the audience. Yeah, the same thing with me. I think, uh, you know, we have so many to choose from, and you sort of just sort of try to select. And what we try to do is do a potpourri, not compl- a complete rundown of everything in one particular film, but just a sort of a sampling of the various things over the years that that I did. So uh, it was kind of a fun thing. I could look into all my children and saying, which one am I going to take on the outing? <laughs> exactly. Could not agree more. Yeah. 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 I mean, we're just, uh, I mean, so far as the sampling goes, I mean, that's, it's going to be a long concert, but I'm sure it's going to fly by with, uh, with, uh, with what you guys have provided for us. Um, and but so far as the question what, was, it's, yes, we're just going to be at the piano, um, playing yeah. and turning and talking to the audience. And it's just, you know, just we're going to be our, our own accompaniment, so to speak. And uh, I'll take a turn, then Alan take a turn, and then we're going to do a kind of a, a very special thing. We're going to get together and compare compare our a little bit about our histories and what our famous our favorite pieces are, some of our most endearing pieces to us personally. And uh, it'll be kind of a fun thing, you know. And at least be a little bit of a peek at some of our non-Disney things too. Exactly. Uh, we're going to touch on a couple of uh, things that. Uh, made put us in the position of being at Disney. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Cool. Your next question comes from the line of Chuck Mawachi. Hello, Chuck. Hello. Hi. Um, yeah, I wonder the question that I wanted to ask was uh, you know, in the, in when Alan was in New York uh, at fifty four below, they did an evening of Unsun Mencken. And huh. It was a. It, it really was a, a, a fantastic uh, night. It was fun. Is there going to be from from both of you those kinds of of, of songs as well, where it's you know here's a, here's a song that was was cut out of the show, or here's a song that we we put in but it never made it in, and those that that kind of thing for you know in the evening as well. Well, Alan, uh, I in my case I'm not going to do too many things that are not 
well-known because uh, uh, I was asked to kind of hit the highlights. So I, I'm, I'm not doing too many little-known things, but uh, that's in my particular case. You know, it's, no, it's true for me, too. I think I'm doing a little snippet of a song that, that, we, that did not make it into uh, Pocahontas. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm trying to think of this other... There's so many songs that people... You know, so it, it, some of them are going to be lesser known because they're for the Broadway shows, you know. But still, but they are known. I mean, they are known. They've been, they've been, they've yeah. been heard by the public. Yep. Uh, yep. And, and I think <clears throat> there's a whole unique world that we'll have to do another concert, Alan, one day with the unknown Sherman and the unknown Mencken song. That, that's fun. It's, and, yeah, yeah that'll be stuff. fun. And just, just say all the songs that might have been, you know, and, and we'll just uh, that, wallow in our own uh, yeah. self-pity. The trunks are fun. I mean, they really yeah. are fun. And I got to say, you're right, that, that evening at 54 Below was was a lot of fun for me. It's Because um, I, I had no involvement. They just sort of picked that song, so it was great. Well, that's the way. We're, we're, we're going to be hitting, for the most part, highlights in our Disney career, and, and uh, uh, that, that's what it's, it's all about. It's a Disney songbook, really, yeah. with a few little extras p- popped in. Exactly. Your next question comes from the line of Dave Perfit. Hello, Dave. Hi there. How are you doing, Richard? How are you doing, Hi. Alan? Fine, fine. Both of you have films that have been made into theatrical productions, and I was wondering if there's any Disney film that you're dying to have made into a theatrical production. Oh, oh. sure. Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone... Uh, no, actually, uh, Alan has certainly the record in this by by far, but uh, there's a, a, a couple of things that I'm kind of looking forward to uh, seeing a, a stage. You have the Jungle Book coming, right? The Jungle Book is now yet on, the, on its feet, and it's, uh, it's in Chicago. It's going to go to uh, Boston. And uh, uh, I have another couple of things, you know, but I, I don't want to talk too much until, it, until it's a reality, you know. But, uh, of course, I was very lucky with Poppins and Chitty Bang Bang, and I had a couple of things that have hit Broadway. I would – it would be neat to see Hercules, uh, I, you know, uh, come. Uh, we're working on a uh, cruise ship version of Tangled, um, and who knows if that'll find its way to the stage. Um, uh, that's, yeah, I mean, Enchanted, again, people talk about these things, but there's a limit to how many things, you know, you, you don't want to overdo that that particular yeah, move. Exactly, but I, you know, it's so many, so many factors have to take place before it becomes a reality, and so uh, I've always felt in, a little nervous about talking about too many things unless they're really on the road to happening. Yeah, it's a little dangerous because then you say, well, whatever happened to that plan? Oh, yeah, then it hurts. <laughs> yeah. Am I right, Alan? Yeah, although I tend to be, I tend to be a little more of a blabbermouth sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all right. It's very and, good to be that way too. Yeah. Your next question comes from the line of David Freeland. Hello, David. Hello, gentlemen. Um, I was wondering if uh, either both of you could share if there's been a surprise song that's taken off in popularity from one of the films that you've done. You know, I think sometimes it seems like songwriters write all these wonderful songs. And then people end up latching on to one of the yeah. songs from the yeah. film. And I'm sure there's, there's been times when you've thought, wow, that's the song people, you know, uh, latched on to. That's great, but didn't expect that. Richard, why don't you take this one? Well, you know, I don't know. It's, it's, uh,
uh, it's a funny thing about when we did Poppins. I remember my Bob and I. Somebody said, "Which which is the one that's going to happen?" And I remember my brother said, "I'm I'm absolutely sure it's it's going to be Stay Awake." You know, it was it was just a little lullaby, but he loved it, and it never nobody ever you know it never stood out on its own. And I I remember saying, "Well, I don't know. I I think Chim Chim Chirril never you know be popular. It's just so some minor thing, you know, and it's about a chimney sweep." And that really became a gigantic hit for us. So, you know, I was not a good predictor of that. I have a similar story with uh, Little Mermaid where Kiss the Girl was really the song we, we thought of as being our single. Um, and, uh, and, of course, Under the Sea is, is, is the song that really emerged. Um, um, uh, Part of Your World is a song we almost lost entirely because uh, just what, you know. The, I love that song. I think that's beautiful. Oh, thank you. Beautiful song. But, it, but you know, it, 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 it wasn't necessarily working at one point in, in the film. Um, it, 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 oh, yeah, of course, the, the biggest surprise of all was, was what happened with Newsies, where Newsies was uh, something that just slid off the radar completely, you know, for 20 years and, and now uh, found a way back to Broadway, which is sort of just wonderful. It's a great show, too. Great show. Oh, thank you. So that's your answer. We, we can't predict. You know, you never know. It's, it's very, very hard to, to figure. Your next question comes from the line of Alicia Pitcher. Hi there, gentlemen. Hello. Um, so Hi. nice to talk to you. And Mr. Sherman, I interviewed you a few years ago with Milt Larson at the Magic Castle about supercalifragilistic. Well uh, done, since you a, said it. Almost. A musical, <laughs> almost. Um, anyways, it was a great honor, and you were both a lot of fun. So um, nice to talk with you again. Thank you. So my question is for both of you, but I'll start out with you, Mr. Sherman. Uh, I know Saving Mr. Banks is coming up, and I wanted to know if you're excited to see yourself played on film. <laughs> and I will also... Alisa, can we keep the questions more related to the sure. concert, please? I'm sorry about that, but we just have limited time, and we oh, want to make okay. sure that, okay. uh, that it's related to the music, not the, the, sure. the studio sure. film. No worries. Thanks. Um, I, will, I will ask you then, is, are there any surprises in store for this weekend that people will be blown away by, and it's so... <laughs> I think they're going to be blown away by the fact that uh, uh, that Alan is going to be playing these great songs that he's written, and I'm going to be playing the great songs that my brother Bob and I wrote, and it's just the, the... I think that's the thing. It's seeing it in person, and of course, for the first time, Alan and I are going to be conversing together. There's a third section in this show where we're going to be together and sort of comparing our roots and uh, where it came from and everything. And I think that's kind of exciting. It and is. also we're going to sing a, a few a few other songs, uh, one or two songs that are very special to us, very personal and why and everything. So all those things are going to be interesting. Yeah, I, I, Thank you. it'll be a very unique event. And I don't think people realize how far you know, Richard is such a supportive person to me when I first came to Disney. And, um, you know, we have a very warm relationship. People don't know about our friendship, but it's... Oh, no, it's it's a very... It's a, not only a friendship, but a very admiring... Friendship. And a very exclusive club. A very... Oh, yeah, <laughs> two members. <laughs> Hello? Your next question comes from the line of Stephanie Holen. Hi. Um, so I'm wondering, you you both have had such a, a 
unique, specific experience in, in songwriting and in being related to Disney? Do you feel like when you uh, get to perform together like this, is it sort of like a special fraternity that only certain people can really understand? Well, uh, you want to kick it off or do you want me to? Well, it's actually, I guess maybe you're not hearing the, the answers that we're giving other people when they get because we just had this, we just uh, were saying exactly this thing that we both are a part of a very exclusive uh, club. Oh, I know. It's, it's a very, first of all, we both have, now we can say long histories with, with the Disney organization. I had the great, superb honor of working with the genius himself, with Walt Disney. And it was a very special. I always felt honored that I was working for his for his company and for him, really, when he was with us. And uh, Alan, I know, feels the same uh, about the, the company because what it represents yeah. is... I'm in awe that you got to work with Walt. That's amazing. Uh, well, luckily, that. you know, timing is everything in this world. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I must say that Walt set a high standard for the both of us when he had these great songwriters of the past that uh, that, that wrote the great scores for Pinocchio and, and and all these wonderful, wonderful pictures that came before our time. And before, so it was kind of a high mark for us to to work for, and I think wholesome, beautiful entertainments that uplift the spirit are very special, and and they're not depressing; they're uh, they're uplifting, and that's what's wonderful. And we're lucky to have done that kind of work. Yeah, and and also we're lucky to be involved with you know a studio that creates films that that are such a supportive platform to non-cynical material. Exactly. To, to, to things that are catchy and accessible and emotional. And, and, and know, there's, there's a love affair between the audience and, and the songs in, at Disney that's such a unique opportunity for songwriters like us. Oh, I know. It's, it's great. Well, for example, there's going to be a, a vast auditorium and we're going to be feeling like we're singing to our relatives because everybody <laughs> loves yeah. the Disney Aura, and they love what we've what we've done and the films we've been involved with. So uh, it's uh, you know you can't lose. It's a great feeling. It's great. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Thank you so much. It's a real honor to talk with you both. Thank you. Your next question comes from the line of Ricky Brigetti. Hi, Ricky. Hi, Ricky. Hi there. Um, I wanted to know. Uh, obviously, you're going to be going through a lot of great songs that you both have written over the years. Uh, if each of you could say what your your favorite is that the other wrote. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, let me see. Well, mm. Alan's written so many gorgeous, gorgeous songs. I, I he's a great melody writer. Great melody, wonderful harmonies. I mean, all these wonderful things. I, there, there's so many. <laughs> there's so many. I mean, it's it's. it's it, it really, I mean, you have Jungle Book coming up, and there's some yeah. songs in there that that are just um, amazing. Um, but let me let me think. Uh, I I don't want to pick pick one, but there's so many. No, well, I just well, I guess I have to pick one. You know, you look at Supercalifragilistic, and I know that's <laughs> that's so known, and it's, um, but. That's really there could not have been an under the sea without a supercalifragilistic, and, <laughs> and it's the combination of, of of the exuberance, the rhythm, the cleverness of the lyric, and the, and the catchiness of it. Um, it just gets you know sort of into your system, and that's an, ex- an explosion of emotion. Yeah, and yeah. It, it sets the standard, it sets the bar for what you know Howard oh. and I did. Thank you so much. Well, I, I feel. I mean, you and Howard particularly wrote so many incredibly gorgeous songs, but I, I, one of the songs that gets to me more than I think 
Well, I, I like so many. I like I I fell in love with a song called "Suddenly Seymour," which you wrote for a, oh, a yeah. show way way back before I knew you and everything. But I said that's such a passionate song. It's a wonderful explosion of emotion. And then I think it's part of your world gets to me. That really just just does it. I just love that song. So you know, there's so many that he, that he's written. But uh, if you if you pick try to pick one, it's impossible. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's yes, just, you just sort of take one out of a hat, kind of. You know something? We're we're both fans of each other's, and I think that makes it kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, and as songwriters, we're really fans of the fact that that we each have a, you know, Richard has a unique voice, and that's in common through his work, and he comes through in his work, and I think I come through in my work, and that really, you know, each song is just a manifestation of of that voice. Yeah, the the feel we have about life and about people and about music yeah. and about uh, what we're trying to say with with our gifts because you know you don't take a big too many big deep bows for a gift you're just gifted with that and it's what you do with it that's important absolutely great uh, thanks very much Nate I... hello hello I think Ricky's line disconnected. Oh, Ricky's line disconnected. Okay. Okay, well, you want to get him back or get somebody else and get him back later? Your next question comes from the line of Charlie, Charlie Shelton. Hello, Charlie. Hi. Uh, now that I have both of you here, I just want to say uh, thank you so much for everything you've both uh, contributed to the field and to Disney over the years. And uh, you both together made my childhood magical. It's it's wonderful. Thank you. Uh so other than the concert that you're both performing, what else are you looking forward to see at the D23 Expo? Are there any exhibits or movies coming up or anything else that you're looking forward to? Oh, well, there's a world of, there's a world of wonderful, wonderful experiences uh, to be seen at that exhibit. And I, I mean, to single out any specific thing, you know, we both of us, we've been sitting at our pianos, making sure that we don't make clinkers when we, when we perform. Uh. <laughs> so uh, it's hard to, you know, concentrate on uh, what else is going on. But I know that we'll be watching and looking at a lot of things. Yeah, and, and there'll be a lot of friends there. Um, yeah. A lot of, you know, friends who we've known through the years and people who will be meeting that are new. I think it's mostly sort of a, a, a very sort of, uh, it's, it's an experience that oriented, it's oriented towards being with people more right. than with exhibits for us. Don't yeah, forget. and sort of uh, experiencing the, the 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 joy that that's being exuberated by all these people. Exuberated. You like that? I made that. I up. like that. I do. <laughs> <laughs> See that you just witnessed where the Sherman Brothers Williams comes from. <laughs> Make the word work for you, you know, just <laughs> push it a little bit. <laughs> Superrated. I love that. Oh, thank you. How do you thank you very much. Now? <laughs> Hello? Sorry, I think we have time for one more question before we let uh, Alan drop off, and then we'll go just to solo questions for Richard. Oh, okay. Your next question comes from the line of Ron Sylvester. Hello, Warren. Hi, hi, uh, hi uh, Mr. Sherman. Uh, during the um, uh, last part of uh, Alan's uh, um, questions, he, he, he talked about, and he mentioned it again, how m much you welcomed him when he came on to Disney. Can you talk a little bit about uh, uh, that, 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 that time and, um, you know, how you 
you know, in, in, in your support for him when he, you know, came into this? Well, you see, I, I, I didn't know Alan at all, but, but I did know, I felt I knew him in a, in a sense through his wonderful songs and his melodies. And, and I realized this guy really writes the way I like to write, the way I, I, where you have a tangible commodity when you're hearing the song and not just a bunch of notes and words coming at you like uh, a lot of things were like that. And, and I, I said, this man can carry on a, a wonderful tradition that was, uh, insp- I was inspired by people who were melodists and uh, that's what I wanted to be. And uh, I, was, I just was thrilled that the young team, this, uh, Alan Menken and, uh, and uh, Howard Ashman, the, the wonderful lyricist is, who passed away, but he was just, the, the, the team was great. And I said, oh God, welcome. These guys are going to be great. And, and they I were. Gotta, I got to say, there was a graciousness um, and a generosity in, in, uh, in Richard that uh, is unique in our business. I mean, truly unique. Uh, it's it's something that, to my dying day, I will always appreciate. Oh. And, no, that's true. Um, and it's a very rare quality in him as a person. Um, and that's you know that's something that you sense in his songs, but it really is there in the man. And um, you, you know the, the way he and his wife have, have treated me has has been so. Uh, generous that um, uh, I, I think it's had a, an immense effect on my feelings about being at Rick Disney. Oh, that's very thankful. I mean, I appreciate that so very much. It's a, well, it's not, it's a, you try to be, that's the way it is. You know, I recognize a beautiful thing and that's, that's what it's all about. It's a rare quality, Richard. Ah, <laughs> thanks. It is. Thanks. Alan, thank you so much for joining us. We really hey, Richard, I look forward to seeing you. you in a few days. Absolutely. Keep practicing now. <laughs> All right. I'll be practicing, and you too. Okay, pal. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Now we'll just take questions for Richard. Again, if you would like to ask a question, please press star 1 on your telephone keypad. Your next question comes from the line of Jordan Police. Hey, Richard. It's uh, me again. I don't... Uh, Hi, uh, yeah, I just wanted to go ahead and, uh, of, of course, you know, uh, bring up, uh, of course, your brother, you know, who's been gone for uh, a, a couple of years now. Um, but um, what would he have felt? I mean, do you, would he be enthusiastic like you if he were to perform with you guys uh, this Saturday at the Expo? Well, let's put it this way. Bob, uh, Bob never was much of a performer. He was always a little bit on the shy side. Uh, but uh, he would have been out on the stage with me and joined me in a couple of gang song, you know, choruses and stuff to keep it fun and everything. And we kibitz a little together. But unfortunately, Bob isn't here with, with me and I'm representing the both of us. You know, that's what I do. Right. Right. Yeah, I think. Um, but, but speaking on to like uh, uh, about just like him and, and relating to Disney fans, I mean, did uh, did he know that everyone appreciated the work that you guys put in? Uh Oh, sure, sure. I think so. Yeah, I do. I really do. Cool, cool. Well, we'll miss him. We still miss him, but we're uh, grateful that you're you're here with us. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Thank you. Sure. Your next question comes from the line of Brett Nankin. Hi there. Hello, Um, Brett. Hi, how are you doing? Great, thank you. Thank you. Um, Well, my question um, is in regards to which of your songs do you feel was the most challenging 
to develop and why? Uh, of, of all the songs, you know, every time there's a blank page, it's a challenge. It's always a mess and a challenge, and you, you're going crazy. To, how am I going to say it, and what's the best way to say it and everything? I think we were trying to top a song that we had done in Poppins. We were working on Harry Poppins, and uh, we were trying to top a, a very pretty song that we had written and we we were told this song is not going to work in there we want something with a little more pep in it and say the same thing but say it in a very uh very up way as opposed to this ballad that we had written and i we were trying to come up with a slogan a, a sort of a saying like a step in time like uh no like uh that's one of our slogans wait a second like uh uh a stitch in time saves nine, or uh, an apple a day keeps a doctor away. That kind of a little slogan that Mary Poppins could sing that would give the children the idea that if you have a happy attitude, uh, a hard job becomes easy, uh, or easier at least. And uh, we, my brother's son, Jeff, came home from school one day and said he had the Salk vaccine. And Bob said, did it hurt? And the little guy says, no, they put this medicine on a cube of sugar, and then we took it like candy. It was easy. And Bob came in the next day, and he had a great title. He said, I got a title for us. A spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. I said, oh, my God, that's terrible. No, wait, no, no, it's wonderful. And that, I think, we were trying for weeks to come up with, to top this ballad we had written with a, with a bright song that said the same thing. And what, what finally, it would all gel, became a really big smash hit for us, and that was a spoonful of sugar. So, yeah, that was a tough one. What a great memory. Thanks for sharing. You're welcome. You have a follow-up question for Stephanie Holman. Hello, Stephanie. Hi. Uh, it's such an honor to speak with you. I have to tell you that um, Mary Poppins is just my favorite movie in the whole world. Oh, well, bless you. Thank you. <laughs> and so um, I'm wondering, for you, is there one song or movie that your fans come up to talk to you about more than the others, maybe besides Mary Poppins, because that one I guess everybody loves? Oh, everybody loves Mary Poppins. A lot of people love uh, the one one of the Disney, one of the non-Disney pictures that everybody thinks is a Disney picture is Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. And <laughs> everybody always comes up and they say, that's one of my favorite Disney pictures. I said, it's not a Disney picture, but Walt gave us permission to go to England to do Chitty Chitty Bang Bang for Cubby Broccoli. But uh, if you ask me my favorite, I think it has to be Mary Poppins, my favorite picture. And my favorite song happens to be very sentimental to me because Walt Disney just adored Feed the Birds. He thought that was that said so much, which we try to do. We try to say it doesn't it's, uh, doesn't take much to give love, to give it tuppence a bag. It's symbolic of it's not about breadcrumbs and it's not about money. It's about it doesn't take much to give a kind deed, a smile, to give love, to, you, to take your kids out and show them a good time. And that's what we're trying to say in the song. And Walt got it immediately, giving giving oneself. And it doesn't take much to do that, to give a warm thing. And so I love Spoonful, I mean, uh, uh, Feed the Birds. I think that's got to be my favorite. Oh, thank you. That was Walt's favorite. He made no bones about that. Yeah. You have a follow-up question from Ricky DeGant. Hello, Ricky. 
Hi there. Uh, hopefully everyone can hear me now. Um, I'm not sure what happened before, but uh, I was wondering, uh, you know, of course, you've written songs for Disney films, uh, Disney attractions. Uh, do you enjoy composing for one or the other more? And, you know, what's the biggest difference between writing for the two different you know, styles? In answer to your question, there is absolutely no difference whatsoever. A, a job is a job. You, you, you have to write for a character or for a the character of a of a of an experience like a small world or like a carousel of progress or one of those things you you write what's what's appropriate and every job is a challenge and i've always loved writing different kinds of songs and uh, when we were doing when we first saw audio animatronic figures being featured in a thing called the Enchanted Tiki Room. We came up with a little Calypso song called the Tiki 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 Room, <laughs> and it would fit perfectly for that. And we weren't writing for a character or a person or a singer or anything else. It's just every job is its own individual thing. Just like if you're writing, you're writing for fictional characters like uh, Winnie the Pooh, a little stuffed teddy bear, and you have to get his personality. So you write him, and he has a friend called Tigger, for example, and he's a, a bouncy little a stuffed tiger. So you have to write a, a song that sounds like him. So we wrote the wonderful thing about Tiggers because it bounces up and down like him. And uh, everything is its own challenge, whether it be a building <laughs> or a, 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 a fictional character or a, a marvelous make-believe lady like Mary Poppins. Everyone's different. And uh, if you're doing Jungle Book and there's a an animal there that's a, a ferocious uh, <laughs> let's call him a, a ferocious gorilla and we want to make him funny we call him the king of the swingers and he becomes a jazz man and, and uh, we do I want to be like you for the king of the swingers uh, King Louis so everyone's different and everyone's a challenge Great, uh, and I assume we'll be hearing uh, both film and attractions in the upcoming... You'll concert. be hearing a lot of stuff from me that, that you'll know <laughs> but I'll sing them the way I first did them sure Wonderful, thank you you're welcome. You have a follow-up question from Charlie Shelton. Okay. Speaking of attractions, uh, attraction music, there's something about the music that you and your brother did that's uh, catchy and memorable, almost to the point of uh, driving someone insane. With um, <laughs> It's a small world, and particularly for me, Miracles for Molecules, it's one of those songs you just get in your head that can't get out. Oh. How how do you do that over and over again to make songs that are that are uh, catchy enough to not sound really repetitive, but then they just get stuck in your head somehow? Uh, well, you know, it's a funny thing, but I come from uh, a very musical family, and my father was a very successful songwriter back in the 30s or 20s and 30s and 40s. He, his name was Al Sherman, and my dad wrote very catchy tunes, and I used to listen to all his songs. And I loved the way he wrote melodies, that, that they really grabbed hold of you, and they were very definitely something you could take with you. Uh, and that was one of the things that I, fortunately, I have a, a musical talent, so I could pick that up. And so I always tried to write something that's fresh and original and yet very catchy and something that's easily accessible. And so basically, I'm not trying to be, look how brilliant I am. I, I'm trying to be, look how fun I am. There's a difference. And I write fun songs that are kind of as original as I possibly can be with catch little phrases and all and stuff. And uh, the lyrics are very, very part, part of this of this song. If you have a very catchy idea. And so uh, we, Bob and I both worked very hard to get the right lyric, the right words, so that the melodies can soar. Wonderful. Thank you very much. You're welcome. 
We have a follow-up question from Dave Perfect. Hello, Dave. Hi, Richard. Hi. Um, I wanted to, first of all, applaud you for your longevity. It's actually simply amazing. Um, <laughs> There's no much. There's not much of an alternative, you know. (laughs) (laughs) But but you've just been so prolific too. I mean, working from Mary Poppins, going on up to Iron Man two, Jungle Book (laughs) opening last month, uh, to performing this weekend. So, what's your secret? I have a good time. I never feel like I'm working. I'm always having. It's just this. I was blessed from the time. Early on, when I can finally, can finally say I made a living as a songwriter, I was always blessed with doing my hobby. My hobby was writing songs. I mean, I would be happy to do it without getting any rep, 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 uh, you know, money for it. It's just uh, I loved writing songs, and I, I loved the challenge of writing uh, different different kind of things. And uh, so it was always kind of a, a fun thing for me. And uh, I guess... I owe it to the fact that I have a good time at it. I mean, if I didn't, I'd have retired years ago. But uh, people want my stuff, and they want my opinions and, and my feelings about uh, how something's going to happen, and occasionally they want a song from me, so I'm happy to do it, sure. And it keeps me going. I'm 85 years old, but I don't feel it. I can't say I, I have my health, thank God, and I and I have my enthusiasm. I've always it was that way. You can tell. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. We have a follow-up question from Chuck Malachi. Hello, Chuck. Hey, Richard. Um, going back uh, to when you were talking about how you were writing songs for uh, like uh, a figure or, or Winnie the Pooh, you were writing them for these characters. Right. Did you also write them um, with the, the stars who are voicing these characters in mind as well? Uh or was it solely based on the character, or did you use a combination of of the actor and the character? That's a good question, and the only thing I can say is 90%, I would say 90% of the songs that that, uh, we wrote for for Disney films in particular were written for the characters in the the screenplay, the characters in the story. And 5% or 10% might have been, we knew ahead of time that, Marie Chevalier, for example, was going to be cast in a certain uh, voice role or something like that. We knew we'd have to write a certain style of song for him. And so, therefore, we would cater our thinking toward that. But for the most part, it was written, it was written for character, the character in the play, not, not the personality. We had no idea that we'd get the glorious voice of Julie Andrews to sing Mary Poppins. All we knew was we wrote songs for Mary Poppins to sing not for Julie Andrews to sing. By, by, by the same token, uh, Angela Lansbury in, in Bedknobs and Broomsticks. We did not know Angela was going to play that part. All we knew was we had to write for Eglantine Price, the character who she was playing. All right. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Your next question comes from the line of Vanessa Diaz. Hello, Vanessa. Hi, Richard. Thanks so much for speaking with us. I have to say it was like the highlight of my life seeing you play on Walt's piano not too long ago. Oh, yeah? Good, good. Um, My question is, are you guys, are you and Alan going to do any kind of medley together, kind of joining of all the songs? No, no, no. What we're going to be doing is I'm going to be doing a lot of the great familiar songs, well-known songs, let's call them that, that, that Bob, my brother Bob and I wrote over the years for Disney. And then Alan is going to do a, a great bunch of wonderful songs that he wrote for the Disney organization. 
And then together, we're going to reminisce about our roots, where how we got started, uh, and then we're going to talk about songs that are very personally uh, close to us, that we personally feel very strongly about, and uh, it, and we will swap stories and swap singing and playing for each other. Like, it'll be a very nice, intimate kind of a thing. It's going to be very, very nice. I think you'll find it's, it's going to be old homes week because we both have a very mutual admiration for each other, and so it makes it very nice. Oh, fantastic. I can't wait to see it. It's going to be the highlight of my D23. Oh, great. Well, there's going to be three parts. It's going to be myself, then it's going to be Alan, and then it's going to be both of us. Fantastic. Thank great. you. You're welcome. You have a follow-up question from Brett Nanan. Hello, Brett. Hi, Ian. I have a question for you. I had asked this earlier to Al Macon, and I'm wondering the same for you. Which of your more obscure Disney songs are you proudest of and why? Oh, that's a good question. Obscure. Let's see. Well, you know, we're both going to be doing that in the in the course of this in the course of this uh, uh, third uh, section of this thing. We're both going to be talking about our most personal song that we're very deeply involved or proud of or, or sentimentally attached to. And basically, there, uh, I know that I'm not going to give anything out of the bag, but I'm saying I'm going to sing something that is obscure. It's not well. It's not thought of as one of my big hits or anything like that, but I personally have a great deal of uh, attachment to it. And Alan's going to do a, a one that he also feels very strongly attached to that is not well known. Very cool. I look forward to hearing it. Great. It's going to be, I don't want to tell you because that's going to be a surprise for everybody. You know, it's a little different than what you expect. No worries. I look forward to being surprised as well. Great. Great. All right. We have time for one more question, please. Sure. You have a follow question from Jordan Police. Hello. Uh, sadly, I got disconnected right before the very last question. But luckily, I was able to ask some of the other people who were on the conference call what that very last question was. Shelly from On The Go in MCO, which is a theme park podcast in Orlando, Florida, she was able to fill me in on what was the very last question. And she said that, to paraphrase, he was asked that what did he enjoy most about performing? And in reply, Richard Sherman said he gets the biggest gratification when he gets to see people having fun and hearing his songs. Aww. Yeah, so good. This was a great interview, and I'm glad I was able to share it with you guys. If you have any questions or want to see any of the other information that we've gathered through D23 Expo, head on over to our website, www.therotoscopers.com. You can also find us on Twitter and Facebook, The Rotoscopers, Hypable.com, and AnimatedViews.com. You can find me on Twitter at Chelsea Robson. You can also find my website at ChelseaRobson.com, which will take you to my Facebook at the moment, but eventually I'll have other stuff up there too. You can find Morgan at Morgan Straddling on Twitter. You can also find Mason on Twitter at MasonSMTX, like San Marcos, Texas. So check everybody out. We're glad to have you, and we're excited for our next episode. I almost forgot. Hey, we're going to do mail. Excited for your MU episode, Rotoscopers. Um... I think that, firstly, a lot of people will be surprised at this movie, and I think they'll be pleasantly surprised. Um, watching MU makes me want to go there, to a place where I can learn, um, or I can love to learn and learn what I love. Um, I thought the world was so fully realized 
leaps and bounds really shows you how far Pixar and animation studios in general have gotten as far as realizing an entire world. Loved it. Amazing. Looking forward to the episode. Hey guys, I'm Kynan. I'm from Australia and I wanted to get on your show. So, a couple of quick things. One, I have never actually seen the movie Robin Hood, but I've seen the trailers, and I've seen the trailers for the videos, I've gone on, seen the, the theatre trailers, whoops, stupid me, on YouTube, and it looks okay. It doesn't look like the best movie. It looks kind of stuck in its age period. But I'm interested to hear your thoughts. Also, I've got a couple of things. One, would you ever consider doing a episode on the movie Hercules? I think it's a very underrated film from 90s animation because it is generally seen as the lesser of the Disney Renaissance films. But I think it has some of the best music, animation, and characters. They just don't fit as well as all the others in our minds of what is epic. Two, did you see the Frozen teaser trailer that was recently released? It's actually really bad. I did not like it. There was only the reindeer and the snowman and it was bad. The animation was average looking. I don't understand why the reindeer was acting like a dog. Like, it, it was just annoying to me. It didn't look like anything we'd been promised. And finally, did you know that the Beauty and the Beast sequel, Beauty and the Beast and the Enchanted Christmas, was originally slated to be a theatrical sequel, but was brought down to a um, director video after the high performance of the director video film Return of Jafar and also that some of the higher class director video films like Bambi 2, Lion King 2, um, Cinderella 3 I think may have gotten this, um, Tarzan 2, a bunch of them were actually released theatrically in some countries. Just some food for thought. Until next time Rotoscopers, kind and out. Peace. All right. In the answer to your question, yeah, I love Hercules. It's probably one of my absolute favorite shows. Um, I was able to actually see that one on the Disney Cruise. As Ellen Macon talked about in this interview that we just listened to, uh, that one actually did go to the cruise line, and it was so good. Like, oh, I really wish they would have put that on Broadway. But, oh, c'est la vie. Um, yes, we did get to see the new trailers. You can find all of our reviews for those on the YouTube channel. That first trailer for me, you know, it wasn't the best one. Um, it was definitely geared more toward the kids. But I do think as the marketing continues, they are going to be gearing some of the other trailers to more age groups. And that's very interesting that you brought that up, that some of those uh, direct-to-video sequels have actually gone theatrical in some countries. Makes sense, but cool. I didn't know that. Thanks, kind of. Hello, Rotoscopers. Esther here. I hope you're having a bright and cheery summer. First, I want to say that your Robin Hood episode was hilarious, and I have to agree, the movie is quotable, lots of gags, and I'm a fan of the visual funny parts. My favorite scene is at the end of the tournament, when Glady Cluck is being chased by the guards. Seize the fat one! And it turns into a football match, and she goes flying all over the place. It's great. As a fan of Riders of the Guardians, I want to thank you for being so prompt in fulfilling our requests. You listen to your fans. Yay! And I do have to justify the joys of a snow day since I'm from the state of Indiana. And growing up there as a kid was cool because a snow day means there's so much snow on the ground that school is closed. 
which is great because when that means you don't have any homework and you get to watch more cartoons. And unlike playing with Legos or building blocks, you can go outside and build as big a snow fort or make as many snowmen as you want to. The sky is the limit. Now, I know when you grow up, you have to shovel out the driveway, and that's not as thrilling. But you get hot chocolate afterwards. And I will admit, the first snowfall of the season is very romantic. So here's a nerdy couch discussion. If the rotoscopers were guardians, what would you be the guardians of? I know I'd be the guardian of cookies because I love to bake, bringing things into work, parties, showers. College girls love their cookies. In fact, I've got a batch of caramel brownies that need rescuing. So looking forward to your next podcast. Much appreciation from Esther. Bye. <laughs> Esther, thank you so much for leaving us that voicemail. It was awesome. Really made us smile. Oh, man, what would I be as far as a, a guardian? It's a hard question. I'm not exactly sure what guardian I would be at the moment, but I can say is as the guardian of cookies, you can come to my house anytime you want. <laughs> Maybe we'll have to discuss that on another episode one of these days. We are so glad for every voicemail that we receive. Keep them coming. You guys are awesome. This next episode is actually going to be a listener choice. So head on over to the website, therotoscopers.com, and you can look on the far right-hand side. There is a poll. So pick one of the movies that's up on that list, and you can be a part of our next episode. Pulling ends August 14th, 2013, so get on over there. This was such a great episode. Thanks again for joining me. Until next time, everybody, my name is Chelsea Robson, and you are listening to the Animation Addicts Podcast with the Rotoscopers. Um, they just leaked some footage from the movie Frozen. If you guys are interested in viewing it, it's only like a minute, maybe less or so. It's on Tumblr. You can find it at Frozen's Princess Anna. Um, it's kind of cool. It's Kristoff and Anna running away from some giant snowman, and Olaf's there with them. It's kind of cute. Might be worth checking out.